There are three things that darkness cannot contain. The moon, the stars, and the truth. All three will find their way through the darkness. Truth will often pierce its way through in unexpected ways, at unexpected times, and sometimes through unexpected people. Hello, my name is Lenora Housie, and you're listening to Secrets of the Churched, Revealed to Heal. Yes, after a much-needed three-week hiatus, I'm back, and I'm ready to resume my journey to truth with you. But I first want to thank each and every one of you for your prayers, your condolences, the messages, and the cards, and again, your prayers, as I mourn the unexpected and sudden loss of my baby sister, Jody. Many of you only knew of Jody through this podcast, but I'm sure you knew how much I loved her and how much she meant to me and to my family and, quite frankly, to everyone who knew her. Jody was a force who did everything and loved everyone with more passion than anyone I've ever known. Her death has left a huge void in all of our lives and in my heart, but because of you and your prayers, I am renewed and strengthened with God's mercies and his grace every day. And you know, I, I mentioned to a few friends that this might have been one of the few, if not the only time in my life when I could literally and physically feel the power of all of the collective prayers that were going up for me. Of course, I've always believed in the power of prayer. I believe in the power of those prayers for me, and I believe in the power of my prayers for other people. And I know that to this day, I'm still living off of and being blessed and kept by the prayers of people who have gone on to be with the Lord. I stand on that word spoken in the New Testament book of James, the fifth chapter and 16th verse, that reminds us that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. Or in other words, prayer has great benefits and it works. But this time, and at a time when I needed it the most, I felt a, a physiological surge of peace and of joy and love that let me know that someone or many ones were praying for me, perhaps even right at that moment. I had this heightened awareness of God's love as if he himself were wrapping his arms around me with every human hug, with every call or text or email or any other outpouring of love I received. It's kind of hard to explain, but if you've ever felt someone's prayers, not just heard them or knew of them, but you felt them, you know what I'm talking about. So again, I say thank you for your prayers for me and for my family. They have truly made all the difference. So with all of that said, let's continue on my journey. And I can think of no better way to pick up with my story than to tell you Jody's story and how she came to know her biological family. I only wish that she were here to hear this episode. But early on, when I first began this podcast in early March, Jody gave me permission to share her story, and she knew that one day I would. So today, I will. 
And now if you think the way I met my biological family was something, well, wait until you hear this. If you've caught up with all 12 episodes, then you know that I was raised in a family, the Housie family, practically from birth. I was one of four girls who grew up together in the Housie household. Three of us, including Jody, were adopted or foster children. Unlike me, Jody always knew she was adopted because up until she was about 12 years old, she was a foster child and her last name was Yangies, spelled Y-E-N. G-E-S. Yankees. Secondly, Jody was a biracial child. So again, unlike me, it was obvious that she wasn't our parents' biological child. But neither of those things made her any less a housey. And she was so proud to be one, especially when my parents adopted her and she officially shared our last name. But it wasn't long after her name was legally changed from Jody Ray Yangies to Jody Ray Housie that her two worlds and her two families would collide under the most bizarre and unexpected circumstances you could imagine at my mother's hair salon. Mm -hmm. At the local hair salon or beauty salon, as they were referred to back then, And back then, there were only a couple Black-owned beauty salons in the Western Pennsylvania area where I grew up. And the one that my mother went to, as long as I can remember, was Miss Frida's in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. Yeah, you knew you had arrived when you graduated from getting your hair fried right next to the chicken in the kitchen. When you knew you went from that to going to a beauty parlor, you had made it. And to go to one that was Black-owned in the early 70s in Western Pennsylvania, well, that was a real achievement. It was like we had our own Madam C.J. Walker right in our neighborhood. Now, since going to the beauty salon was such a treat, we kids, we weren't allowed to go with my mother. That was her time to be pampered, her spa day, as we would call it now. And the last thing she wanted was to have her kids in tow while she was trying to enjoy someone else scrubbing and scratching her scalp and roller setting her hair and putting her under the dryer. And it was also her social time, her time to spend away from the house and the kids and my father and be with other grown women and talk about what grown women talked about at hair salons. So we didn't go with her, except on this one particular day when she decided to take my sister Jody. So here my mother was at Miss Frida's salon with my sister Jody. And as she got up to leave with her hair freshly done, pressed and curled or permed, whatever she was getting done at that point, another one of Miss Frida's patrons came up to her and asked her this question. How is that child related to you? Speaking of Jody, of course, my mother's response was, she's my daughter. But that answer would not be enough for Miss Owens. She went further to ask, is she your biological daughter? I mean, like, who does that? But this woman had obvious convictions and justifiably so. My mother, who by her own account was stunned by this woman's questions, 
But she answered her honestly by simply saying no. But would then ask Miss Owens, why do you ask? It was at that point that Jody's life and the lives of my entire family were changed forever. When this woman, Miss Owens, replied, I think she's my granddaughter. Oh, yeah, you heard me right. Right there at Miss Frida's beauty parlor, which was all of 15 to 20 minutes away from where we lived, was another woman, a virtual stranger, laying claim to our Jody, my Jody, our beautiful little baby girl that was looked like a baby doll that was our Jody. Was this really happening nearly 12 years after Jody was born and came into our family and at a place where my mother and apparently Miss Owens had been going for years? Well, knowing that her line of questioning was being met with caution and apprehension and disbelief and, you know, all that, Miss Owens then proceeded to pull out what would be her bullet, bulletproof inarguable evidence to support her suspicions about Jody. She pulled out a picture of another little girl who looked exactly like Jody. People, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, the resemblance was remarkable. So you know how I've told you in earlier episodes how much I looked like my birth mother, so much so that if she even wanted to deny that she had given birth to me, she couldn't? Well, Jody's resemblance to this little girl whose picture her grandmother held tightly in her hands, well, even if my mother wanted to deny this woman's claims, she couldn't. This little girl whose name, by the way, is Louise, was undeniably Jody's sister. Undeniably. No Ancestry.com, no 23andMe or DNA test needed, because on this day, my sister met her biological paternal grandmother at my mother's beauty salon. Now, of course, she didn't know at the time who my mother was talking to and certainly not what they were talking about. But there she was for the first time in her life in the presence of someone whose DNA she shared. Now, I've asked you before and I will ask you again, what are the odds of that happening? I'd give it about the same odds as I would of my birth mother working for the same Pennsylvania state agency as my good friend, Carolyn, who helped me find her. What were the odds of that? Across the state, working for the same state agency, both of them knowing me. Well, my birth mother at the time did not know me. Remember, one worked in Philadelphia and the other one in the Pittsburgh office. Well, don't worry. If you don't remember those details and you need to refresh your memory, just go back a few episodes and take another listen. The fact is that my story and my sister Jody's story, while very different, are equally remarkable and further evidence of God's sovereignty and his divine providence. So here's what we learned from that quote unquote chance encounter between my mother and Jody's biological grandmother at Miss Frida's hair salon. Jody's biological father was Miss Owen's son, Early. 
Jody was born to Mr. Owens, who was black or is black, and Miss Yangis, who was white, on March 12, 1964. According to Miss Owens, Jody's biological mother gave her up for adoption without her son's knowledge or authorization for reasons that were believed to be the shame that she had brought to herself and to her white family for having gotten pregnant by a black man. And while biracial children are large in number and for the most part widely accepted now, back in the early 60s, not so much. And certainly not in the rural parts of Western Pennsylvania where we grew up. So while secretly giving Jody away right from the hospital, right from birth, out of the shame and embarrassment that Miss Yangis brought to herself and to her family, my parents, John and Betty Housie, once again stepped in and made Jody a part of our family, the Housie family. But there's more. So the picture of this little girl who looked just like Jody, Miss Owen's other grandchild, she too was born to this same white woman, Miss Yangis, exactly one year to the day of Jody's birthday, March 12, 1965. But this child, according to Miss Owens, didn't get away, wasn't given away like Jody had been, but instead, as the story goes, Miss Yangis gave Louise to her father and to her grandmother, Miss Owens, to raise. After which, as we were told, Miss Yangis, Louise and Jody's mother, walked out of Louise's life too. Mm-hmm. So, okay, my listeners, you've been with me for, what, nearly four months now. You've followed the bizarre and unexplainable details of my story. And just so you know, there is much more to come. But I ask you this, and I've got to say it again. What are the odds that a white woman who was so embarrassed and ashamed that she had given birth to a child by a black man, so much so that without his knowledge gave his child away, would three months later get pregnant again by the same black man and give birth to another girl on the exact same date one year later? Now, I am going to pause just briefly and let you think about that for a moment. And I wonder, do any of you have the same suspicions that I have always had that my other sisters and even Jody and Louise themselves had? Is it possible that these two girls, born on the exact same date, March 12th, one year apart, who looked almost exactly alike, and I'm using almost lightly because people who have seen them don't even say almost, they say they look exactly alike, and I might add, they have similar birthmarks on their foreheads. Is it possible they could be twins? Well, I'm going to give you a whole week to ponder that theory because when you join me next week for another episode of this podcast, you will hear what Jody and Louise's birth mother had to say about this twin theory on her deathbed. So in the meantime... 
To my sister Jody Housie Perkins, continue to rest in peace. This episode and many more to come is dedicated to you, my little sister and my biggest fan. You have been listening to Secrets of the Church, Revealed to Heal, a production of Be Inspired Global Media. If you have been burdened with a church secret and want to be free and healed, please email us at mychurchsecret at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ChurchSecrets1. Look for new episodes of Secrets of the Church every Friday. And remember, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Yeah.